welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season five, episode 22. Episode 22, Gone Baby Gone, was written by Shonda Rhimes and directed by Anne Kineberg. It aired on May 15th, 2012. Enjoy! I love the hand dance. My piano voice. (laughs) We have a very special singing guest host on the pod today. Please welcome the best entomologist and herpetologist of the Midwest and bride-to-be, our most loyal listener of the pod, me, Marissa, not me, Rissa, me, me, Rissa. People are confused probably about my identity on this show because we go back and forth. (laughs) Yeah, very much. I am also confused. (laughs) What is my name? I don't know. I don't know. I knew a Marissa in elementary school who I didn't get along with, so that's why it's so hard for me to call you Marissa. Then don't. I don't, except on here. Sometimes I have to refer to you as Samantha to distinguish between you and, like, Samuel. Like, if I'm, like, telling us... To fiancé. Fiancé. (laughs) Fiancé. If you're, like, both in a story, I have to be, like, Samuel and Samantha. And I'm like, this is... is... No, I don't like this. (laughs) Your nails look cute. Oh, they're like burgundy. Yeah, they're berry color for Fuchsia. Valentine's Day. They're very cute. Oh, bear, thank you very much. So what else are you reading and or watching right now, dear Mimsicle? Oh, yes. Okay, so a new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the last season he's ever going to do, just dropped. I think there's like two episodes out I need to watch. I have not yet. I just finished the new season of Queer Eye. Uh, in New Orleans, I watched The Crown, I think, since the last time I was on here. I think it had dropped, but I hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, I think we got right in between the first part and second part. Yeah, so I watched the whole thing. There's this show on Netflix called Big Timber, which sounds absolutely ridiculous, but it's this small company in Canada that is like a mill, and they like cut down trees in the mountainside. And there's always, like, drama and stuff like that. So that's kind of, like, my brain-dead show that Sam and I watch occasionally. (laughs) It's, like, completely ridiculous. But I also think that, like, tree cutting is fascinating. (laughs) Do they build things or they just make timber? Um, Sometimes we see them build stuff. But mostly it's, like, just them in the mountainside, like, with all the drama and their machines, like, cutting down the trees and Mm. processing them. I feel like I would be into that as well. Yeah, they're characters on the show, and it's, like, super dramatic. But, like, kind of like those, like, ice trucking shows or whatever. It's just, like, all drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Uh, I caught up on Law & Order and NCIS because I was, like, a season behind. I have not watched any of the new stuff, but I watched, like, their last seasons. Are you watching the original Law & Order or just Organized Crime and SBU? Just Organized Crime and SBU. Okay. I finished the book, Carrie Soto's Back, who's by Taylor Jenkins Reid, the one that did, like, the um, Malibu Rising. Malibu Rising. Mm-hmm. The s- Seven Husbands. Yeah. yeah. Daisy Jones. So this is her newer book. And they're all linked, which I think is really interesting. So um, it comes through in this book. It wasn't as – I don't know. I really like all of her books, so I don't necessarily want to, like, rate it bad or good. But I definitely liked it. I haven't read that one yet. Caitlin did, and she said that there was just so much tennis. There is. And I am not into tennis. <laughs> I like it. So I'm afraid to read it. Well, there were some times where I, like, skimmed over when they were, like, over-explaining the tennis. And I'm like, okay, I'm over this. But yeah, her books are really fast reads. Yeah, I love I love the 
world that she builds Mm -hmm. but i just wasn't into carrie soto as a character like when she was introduced she's not who i would choose to have a spinoff about you know i know it was an interesting choice but yeah i'll read it eventually yeah and i'm about like two-thirds of the way through tom lake which is the same um the same author as the dutch house yeah that's on my list real high yeah uh this one's dutch house yeah dutch house is really good uh, Tom Lake is really good so far. It took quite a while for me to get into it, but I'm a fan. Okay. I finished 911 Lone Star and 911. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tonight I'm starting The Bear because everyone's obsessed with it I and know. thinks that I would like it. So I'll let you know. After The Bear, I think it, it will be time for succession, I think. Yes. I cannot wait for you to live text me that show, finally. Succession? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Sam and I just watched The Big Short this weekend, and one of the characters from Succession's in there, and so that was, like, wild to see. But that movie's really good. But it The is... actor or the character? The actor, sorry. The actor okay. that plays I got, Kendall. I got confused because we were talking about, like, the world of Taylor Jenkins mm-hmm. Reid, and I was like, wait, is there a connection that I don't know about? Like, how she builds worlds. I was like, is the Succession no. family yeah. in The Big Short? It's just the actor. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And I've been watching a lot of Chopped, too. Hmm. It's like a comfort show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just finished uh, this morning, actually. I just finished Woman on Fire, the book. Have you read that one? I've read Brain on Fire, but I have not read Woman on Fire. It's uh was highly recommended from a bunch of people. I tend to stay away from books about, like, World War II art, World War II Europe, just you know trauma mm-hmm. um but it was so highly recommended that i was like okay and i enjoyed it okay it's cool it was like historical fiction slash thriller mystery mm-hmm. not really murder mystery but the characters are pretty well fleshed out which i appreciate and the story i feel like i knew where the story was going the whole time but i also read a lot of books like that but it's it's worth reading I have not seen this cover before. Interesting. Okay, I'll check it out. And what are your other favorite podcasts? I know we ask you this all the time and the answer doesn't really change. I know. I was going to say I wrote out nothing super out of the ordinary I hadn't mentioned before. I have gotten into this podcast called Oversharing. It's by like Betches Media, which has um, like You Up and Betches where they go through like modern events and stuff like that. It's owned by, like, three women. I think they're Jewish. They all went to, like, Cornell together. (laughs) Yes! So they just have, like, a series of shows. And so one of them, one of the owners of the company, her sisters, whatever the MD one is, that's what she is. And so her and her sister have a show, and people, like, write it, and they talk about stuff, which I like. Oh, that's a weird legal line. Mm -hmm. Do they have a disclaimer all the time? Yeah, they have a disclaimer at the very beginning, like, this is not medical advice. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have anything to promote? Not out of the ordinary either. Be kind. Eat plants. I don't know. I heard you have a really cool trip coming up in a few months to Arizona. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we might uh, be going to Arizona and spending time. Maybe. Mm -hmm. I got a beautiful package in the mail from Miss Marisa in a gorgeous, like, I don't know, like a pouch. Very Samantha Parkington coded. And she asked me to be a part of her wedding. Ah! Dear listeners, warm my heart. There's going to be a wedding, a private practice wedding. We're involved. 
wait, I'm just... who's who is it? Is it going to be Sam and Addison? <laughs> he proposed, didn't you know? Oh my God, we're going to get right into <laughs> we'll it. What into a, it. What a transition that was. Thank you. Well, you said a private practice wedding. I know. I know. And where can we find you online before this private practice wedding? LinkedIn. I'm just going to throw that one out there this time. I have no idea. You can become my professional friend on LinkedIn. Bruce said no. <laughs> she screamed. Well, we don't really have listener mail per se, but I am putting together our schedule for season six. So send us a DM or an email if there is a certain person that you want on a certain episode, and we will try to work that out. Mm-hmm. There are two less episodes in this season, current season of Fiber Practice, as there were in the concurrent season of Grey's Anatomy season eight. Interesting. I did a deep dive that I'll go more into when we get to miscellaneous. Perfect. Okay, patient breakdown for the week. Just first notes in miscellaneous, per usual. We have Addison Forbes Montgomery quitting therapy. We have Pete's legal trouble. And Amelia Shepard is pregnant. Um, There is another patient who was not named in this episode, but we do find out his name much later in Grey's Anatomy. I really don't think he's named next season of Fiber Practice, but his name was Christopher Shepard. That is Amelia's son, who was born with anencephaly and respiratory distress. It's so hard to say because it was such a hard one to watch. It was. This was probably, I want to slap you because this was probably the most painful episode to watch ever. Like, worse than, I think, uh, Mason's mom dying. That's fair. That's fair. Slap you in a lovingly way. Sorry, that came off as, like, very aggressive. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just trying to think of, I mean, I don't think it was harder than, uh, maybe it was. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> what's your first note, then? I like how you put, I just read your notes on a commercial on LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> I kept laughing. Oh, good. Okay, first notes. Um, I said when you have it all together is when you do need to do the most work in therapy. Yeah. So go Addison for graduating for her therapist, but like not sure it's the time, right? Because like. But she, she didn't graduate. She quit. Yeah. Like a lot of times when you're like in therapy, sometimes when you go to therapy, it's for a crisis. And so like to do the deep work once you're past that crisis, you should be staying in therapy to kind of work through the rest of your stuff yeah I said my very first note is that I am not ready for this episode which I do feel like I've said a lot this season (laughs) but we made it through (laughs) we did (laughs) and just for what you were saying I don't know if Addison is done she's taken really great steps forward but she's not done yeah the other first note I had kind of was under Addison which was awkward like them just like making out and then like Sam walking by but also like what did they expect in this office like every I said everyone be banging in this office like between literally with the blinds open I know like Cooper and Charlotte like every 20 minutes I think like Pete at one point Pete and Violet like everyone's boning and like this is an office space where like children come to get a checkup why are you having sex (laughs) with the blinds open i know 10 minutes and 48 seconds addison's drinking a green juice in the kitchen woohoo my second note was the green juice is back in the kitchen (laughs) yes it's the little things i know i know i was like yes it's back 
I'm obsessed. Yeah. St. Ambrose has a very fancy on-call room, I see. It's not the bunk beds that we're used to in Seattle. They have, like, full, like, queen bed and a desk and, like, twin beds. But then just a bulletin board. That was strange. Yeah. Very weird on-call room. The other one I saw that was a weird one on-call room was, like, in the Mindy Project where they just have, like, the couch that they all sit on. Yeah. There's a the faculty lounge that has a couch and then this on-call room with like nightstands mm-hmm. i don't know if i'd be able to sleep in one of those i mean whatever you're a doctor you're probably so tired but i feel like it would give me the ick yeah i can barely sleep in a hotel i like have to bring my own pillow <laughs> yeah i know yeah oh, i don't like to think about it <laughs> i'm at the end of the episode but it's still addison Sam is now choosing to fight for Addison. Addison's what is a big mood. I rewound it quite a few times. It's a big mood for all of us in the audience. Yeah, I slowly under my Addison notes, it just becomes like more and more only capitalization of just anger. So I had one interesting note before that is that they didn't show what Addison thought about the organ donation when they were, like, raising hands in the kitchen. They, like, don't cut to her. They cut to, like, everyone else. And Charlotte's kind of like, we're split down the middle. But they only show, like, two and two on each side. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting edit. I don't know if that was on purpose. I mean, we can assume that she was for it since she's kind of arguing it against Sam but yeah I wonder if that's just because it is this situation or in general Mm -hmm. and then I had the quote you move on to someone else you're probably gonna have to bleep me quite a bit for dropping the f-bomb in this episode that's fine (laughs) it's really not very hard (laughs) I was like you move on to someone else right away oh off Sam you're big baby back bitch (laughs) <laughs> literally no i was like you're being a child i know later i have it in in the amelia part but when sheldon was like you're eight years old i was like if she's eight how old is sam I, probably 12 actually i know like pick a side sam and just like go away like his quote <sighs> i want this baby like that's so convenient for you to like freaking come in after addison's done all this freaking work and just yeah. conveniently be like oh yeah i want us to be a family I don't want a baby. I want this baby, Sam. What? Yeah. It was unimaginable, but I can imagine it now. Yeah. What? F off. F off. (laughs) And it was so convenient how he said it was unimaginable, but I can imagine it now after that whole beautiful shondalogue that Amelia says to him about it being unimaginable, what she's asking him to do. Yeah, it's insane. Have you seen that thing where you've probably heard of it where like, There's a spectrum of what people imagine. Like, when you picture an apple in your mind, some people picture, like, fully-fledged apple, like, color and texture. Yeah, some people can't picture anything. Yeah, so, and then, so some people do, like, fully-fledged, like, the, the texture and the feel, and that's what I can do. Some people, like, see an apple in color, but that's all, and then some people see the outline, and, like, some people just don't picture anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So Sam might be one of those people that can't picture anything. I don't know. That's what it made me think of. But it made me so mad. 
I know. He put her through hell for Mm. three seasons, three plus seasons, Mm -hmm. ruined her relationship with Naomi, and now he proposes? Yeah, I just... After being so rude to her for so long, including in this episode? I know. I just have in all caps, like, Sam is proposing. Are you kidding? So many uncomfortable ha-has. Just because, like, I don't... I'm like Sheldon in that scene where he's just, like, laughing, having this, like, mental breakdown, and I'm just like, what? What are you doing? (laughs) Like, what? Ugh. But also, child safety, can Addison's nanny just be sent home by someone that's not her? I was also wondering about that. I wouldn't leave a baby with someone without getting express permission from the parents. Yeah. But I think because he had covered so many times, she was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. She wouldn't leave the baby, I hope, with, like, you know, somebody she didn't know. But because Sam relieved her so many times, she probably just thought he was relieving her again. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And then Jake and his flowers and Chinese food. Oh, my God. For a minute. I, I have seen this before, obviously. But for a minute, I was like, oh, my God, does he get in a car crash? And I forgot. Oh, my Because I feel stop. like anytime – I know. Anytime we see, like, someone in the car, I feel like something bad happens. Yeah. I um I was so angry at the end of this episode, enraged. I was enraged at the end of this episode that I maybe uh, Googled a question just because, like, I couldn't just, like, not deal with the answer. And, Wait, what? And the internet did not provide a lot of clarity for me. What was your question about if Sam ends up with Addison? If she says yes to his dumbass engagement. Oh, I don't know. Well, what we're going to get to your um, muses, yeah. I guess, or whatever we Because, call like, the internet, for my spoiler, I was trying to ruin it for myself, gave me, like, three <laughs> different answers. And I'm like, how is this that difficult to find what actually because happened? Because they've been on and off and on and off and on and off I know. and on and off. Yeah. Ugh. My last note is, so I go through these pictures, like, behind the scenes and are just, like, stills from the episode to put on our socials mm-hmm. and to, like, jog my memory of I remember this episode obviously but like some of them in the middle it kind of gets fuzzy on what is what and in order for me to choose who's going to be the co-host and I was you know putting them together for the bloopers that I just released uh, a few weeks ago and there's a whole slew of photos where Addison has no shoes on and it's this scene with Sam and I was like why first of all why did they photograph her feet well because they needed to see Sam down on one knee but I was like, why is she shoeless? And that wouldn't happen today with all of the foot craziness that goes on on the internet. It's true. Um, She's probably on some website. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, like, went, I rewound to hear her say what when he was like, I don't want a baby. I want this baby. She's like, you're an absolutely unreal. Oh, it makes me mad just saying it. And then I realized I, I watched it once for that. And then I watched it again to see when she took her shoes off. And she did take her shoes off at the kitchen island. But it had been bugging me since I first saw those pictures because I was like, no way she came into the house shoeless because she didn't. We hear the like the heels going. Yeah. And then we see her like taking one shoe off, which answered my question for continuity. And I just didn't know if it was a goof or not. And it wasn't a goof. Interesting. I've been such on such a journey with them. From the beginning, I was like, it's not that bad, and everyone probably thought I was nuts, and I, like, justified it away, and I've just been getting progressively angrier and angrier and angrier, and I thought at the beginning of this effing season, or, like, halfway through this season, when they, like, hooked up, it would be the last time, and I was angry enough, and it just, here we are. 
yeah, they've they've certainly been on a journey, and if it will continue or not, I guess we will see when we come back for season six. I said in my miscellaneous, I will stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> I just will come this far and not finish it. If she if she says yes, I will not finish the show. <laughs> uh But do you think do you think they end up together? No, she's got to end up with Jake, or I will, or you will what? I don't know. I'm feeling very angsty talking about Sam. If you believe that they will not end up together, even if I'm not saying she does, but even if she says yes, I do think you should continue just to either have your brain ripped from your skull or to get really angry or to be like, oh, okay. I will. I'm the type of person that will continue to watch a really terrible show. There are very few shows I've bailed out of. I am like that person or like books or podcasts. I will listen even if I hate them just to finish it. Same. Very recently I've only started stopping listening if I'm like this is not interesting to me. Yeah. I need to start doing that more. If I'm like 15 minutes into an episode and it's boring me or I like can't remember how it began. I'm like I'm just there's no use for me to finish this. Yeah. But it's, it's it's a journey. Yeah, it is. Are you ready to move on to Pete's legal trouble? Speaking of journeys. <sighs> I guess. Yes. My first note is when Charlotte comes in saying, like, Violet was knocking on our door at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Six, sunrise, I think she said. Um, and he's, that Pete is blaming everyone but Pete. And I said, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. My first note is LOL Pete and his very clean scrubs in jail. <laughs> Just, like, pristine, not wrinkled scrubs as he's sitting, like, to get, to go in front of the judge. Just, like, totally fine. Yeah. Just, like, freshly pressed. Yeah. That court scene. Speaking of, his lawyer would never let him go to scrubs in a suit. Go go to court in scrubs, not in a suit. Yeah. This court scene is extremely wild and chaotic. It was just, like, so much. Oh, my God. He needs to be quiet in that courtroom. I know. He's trying to be such a martyr because he, like, feels, I don't know, that he doesn't have value, like, between, like, almost moving to South America and, like, now this. He's, like, being such a martyr to, like, prove a point. It's it's so it's so frustrating to watch him. There are people who are staunchly anti-Pete, and I, at this point, obviously, he's very annoying to me. But I do know the good he's done previously in the series, but they just like really, these last two episodes, they really just stomp his character into the ground. They do. Like this whole season, between like him being like so disrespectful to Violet, and then in this- Oh, when he started it out so angry. Yeah, you're right. And like the fact that he is on the other side of the glass telling Violet, I love you. Like, are you serious? Uh, uh. It's just such an incredibly selfish decision, mm-hmm. even if he did the right thing by his patient. And I was really team Violet when she said, you did the right thing by your patient, but not by your family and not by your son. Yeah, I have. You don't have to be sorry. I just need you to not be in prison. No. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so frustrating. When Cooper was there for Violet in the courtroom, though. I know. I've missed the Cooper-Violet content, like, last episode when they're walking along the street. Yeah. Like, finally, Cooper's like, this is funny because, like, we've switched roles. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Then we see Cooper in the lunchroom, which we'll talk about later when they're doing, you know, that vote. 
um, and everyone is just so grumpy. Cooper looks like hell. Mm-hmm. His beard is grown in. His clothes are wrinkled, and he just like looks like he hasn't slept in a week. Yeah, like get it together, buddy. How about that filter for the prison? I'm calling it a communication room. It's like such a wild green gray. I know. It's like not. It, sh- it would be fluorescent lighting, right? I mean, I haven't been in one of those rooms, thankfully, I guess. But like, I feel like it would just be like bright fluorescent. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like green gray. Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do with that. Make it look dirty. Who knows? But also like Cooper coming in to talk to pete for like violet mm -hmm. like my son's mother died like such such guilt yeah he was laying it on thick but i mean it was true he needed to freaking hear it Uh uh-huh and cooper said don't throw them away Mm -hmm. i appreciate him for that he didn't get my mvp of the episode but i really do appreciate the support that cooper gave this episode to pete to violet to mason to charlotte i guess to amelia even though we didn't really yeah we don't see see it except for yeah, how he, um, you know, stood up for the babies that need organs mm-hmm. in the lunchroom. I think he was also kind of supporting Sheldon, too. And, like, he yeah. was, like, just a supporting character to, like, everyone in this episode. Mm-hmm. Whether, yeah, they were, he needed, he filled in where he needed to be, which is it's so growth for Cooper. I was going to say that's growth for Cooper. Yeah, it's so interesting how they do a pretty good job of it's, it's such an ensemble show of like balancing who is the supporting character in the show versus I mean in this in the episode versus who is just you know there because Cooper carried so much of the season with Erica and Mason mm-hmm. and now he's just in the background and Amelia she held so I mean she carried this season oh, on her shoulders absolutely. squarely. Like, this whole the season started with her addiction, like, right? Yeah. We've been on such a freaking journey this season. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But there were a few episodes when she was just, like, either pregnant or, you know, just came back from recovery where, like, she was just there having conversations with, with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then Cooper, not Cooper, Pete comes home, starts making out with Violet. They have a moment in the woods. I was like, oh, you're just out of jail? Okay. I guess you're a yeah. rich white doctor. Got it. Yeah. And no one called Violet. The The lawyer didn't call Violet. Like, what? Yeah. And then Pete says, what if I blew it? Like, yeah. Duh. You did, Pete. You did. Yeah. You might still go to prison for murder, you dumb. Just what a terrible way to end the season for him. I know. They really just... Oof. Anything else for Pete? Nope. That was all I had. Just still a lot of, I just got a lot of anger. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just like, <laughs> just I feel like slammed this, the I, desk. I know. I feel like last episode I was on here, I was just very sad. This one is just anger. <laughs> well, you're about to be really sad because we're moving on to Amelia Shepard and Christopher Shepard. True. I did cry quite a bit. So we don't learn Christopher's name, but that was his name. It's kind of weird she didn't say it. Maybe it was just, I don't know. I don't know why she didn't say it. The writers might not have even known. But Christopher is Derek's middle name. So, Mm. interesting. Okay. I didn't know that. Of course, when... Oh, yeah. Of course, when Amelia has that big monologue to Jake about being like, I'm having a baby. She didn't lead with the I'm in labor. Yeah. She was... He thought she was there for support, and she was like, no, I'm literally actively in labor. I know. I was like, Amelia calmly being in labor couldn't be me. Could not be me. (laughs) No. 
And also... The delivery room? Yeah, I said, where is she giving birth? Like, this can't be in the hospital. It looks way different than all the other hospital rooms that we've seen in these cases. It was so spacious. There was a couch. Yeah, like a, fa- a tan couch. A fabric couch. Yeah, who puts a tan fabric couch in a delivery room? She went to go sit on it, and I was like, girl, don't. <laughs> There's fluids, people. Yeah. There are fluids flying around. Ooh. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then the sheets were yellow. Yeah. They need to be white so they can be bleached, right? I don't. Yes. Yes. I feel like they should be black so you people don't see stuff and get freaked out. But the the bleaching is a very good point. True. Yeah. Black. I don't know. I don't know. Not a fan. Yeah. Just not a fan. Mm-mm. I think. I mean, it is St. Ambrose. I think it's just like the delivery room. I think maybe, I mean, not that this wasn't a high-risk delivery, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of the deliveries that we see are cases that Addison or Naomi had been, or I guess Jake now, had been working with. So maybe they were just in more surgical suites. Maybe. Or smaller suites. But yeah, this was a very big room. Mm -hmm. A baby without a frontal lobe can't cry. Three crying emojis. Oh my god, I know. She had some amazing monologues the past couple episodes. Like, she's really, like, come into her own. Her, like, clenching, like, in pain voice. Like, when she was trying to, like, hook up with Sheldon last episode. Which, like, I feel like you guys kind of, like, glazed over in your podcast. Which... Yeah. I like to pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) It did. We all had to see it. But, like, her just, like, in pain voice is, like, pretty brutal. Oh, yeah. She's... Yeah. The clench, I know what you mean, the, like, just, like, tight. Yeah, but she's, yeah, had some, like, really amazing monologues. I know you described it as, like, Shondaland monologues that have really, like, come through the past couple episodes. Yeah, Shondalogues. Shondalogues, yes. Like, monologue, but Shondalogue. I love it. I didn't, I didn't come up with it, but I do use it a lot. Yeah, it's, I can see it. And then Amelia said, life will out, you know? Which is a tattoo that dear co-host Margo has. What does it say? life will out oh it means like life will find a way to go on yeah i like that a lot when she was talking about how um, babies without brains they squeak they don't cry oh my god i know that i don't want to skip ahead but that was also unexpected oh it was speak more on that i was very surprised what they showed and like yeah what sounds they put to this episode Like, knowing when this was, like, filmed and, like, knowing, I don't know, was this controversial? This was, like, a lot of exposure. I feel like a lot of shows wouldn't have gone there with the visuals and with the sound effects. Yeah, the sound effects were a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know if that was actual audio from another anencephaly baby. But visually, when they showed it, I remember... I remember seeing this because we had actually just gotten back from our first year at college. And I remember specifically having this episode taped and ready to go because this this was um, May 2012. So we had just gotten back. Mm -hmm. And I remember being shocked that they showed his skull. I was was so shocked. Like I was just like typing away my notes and I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, like they're doing this. Yeah. I, I remember specifically being shocked it was it was it was shocking and I don't think it was for the shock factor but I think it was you know to just hammer it home mm-hmm. yeah I wanted to puke from sadness yeah yeah from like that whole scene 
Shonda and her world have never shied away with like dealing with the pain, dealing with the controversy, dealing with all of that. So, which I think is why we love it. Yeah, and why it is so long lasting, and why it was ahead of its time too. Yeah, it's similar to ER in which like they don't hold back and there are not things that are that I can think of that are too controversial to show and I'm sure that standards and practices had something to say but maybe they didn't because there is no um precedent thank you there's no precedent for that Mm -hmm. yeah so that was intense but to roll it back like the whole scene where like that's murder like what the Sam like this is like so grumpy this is like legally wild to me like I had no idea yeah I Sam is being so grumpy because he saw Jake and Addison make out like he hasn't brought up his weird pro-life Naomi spilling into his brain thing ever yeah I know and they like ended up alluding to this multiple times because I was like, Amelia doesn't need Sam. Like, are there not other doctors? Like, I've said this so many times if they have like issues, yeah. <laughs> get another effing doctor. But they did end up talking about like them trying to find other people and push come to shove. But yeah, I just. I just, I find it so hard to believe that in the entire Southern California area, there are only nine cardiothoracic surgeons who are able to do a surgery on a baby. Yeah. That seems weird in the entire Southern California area. Also confused how Sam can just do like a heart transplant on an adult and then like treat all these adults and now he's removing a baby's heart. And he's not even a cardiothoracic surgeon, really. He did a residency in that and then switched to general practice. None of them have patients anymore, so I don't even remember what kind of doctors they are. Literally, one of my notes in miscellaneous, where did it go? Same. Um, Does no one have patience anymore? I have the exact same thing because I was like, y'all just get in the office and then leave and then come back and are at the hospital. I'm like, what? (sighs) Who are y'all treating? While we're on, yeah, who are you treating? I don't know. While, While we're on Sam taking these organs out. Addison asks if she should call Derek. Jake says that Amelia said specifically not to call her family. But Jake should have set up a transplant team before Amelia went into labor, right? Yeah. Well, I think he, like, was like, yeah, I know this is, like, legally gray. So I think he was kind of like, I don't know how to approach this. So I'm just not going to deal with it until, like, typical man, I'm not going to deal with it until, until I'm staring down the barrel of a gun. Yeah, but, like, it's really wild that they haven't brought this up until now when she's literally in labor and there has been no hint that this would be an issue. But also, what would Derek do? He's a adult brain surgeon. Yeah, but don't they need to... I mean, they don't... You can't do a brain transplant. There's no brain. Oh, my Oh my God, thank you. Wow. <laughs> that might go in the bloopers or I might keep it in. But, like, what would Derek do for this situation, right? He's not going to remove a baby's heart. He works on adults' brains. No, but he could call Teddy in. Like, why didn't they call Teddy? Yeah. Teddy would fly down. Oh, wait. Here we go. Buckle in. Um, as a reminder, if you are not caught up on Grey's Anatomy... This is a Grey's spoiler podcast. I saw your notes literally buckle in. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Bloopers. (laughs) No, I'm going to keep it there. (laughs) Yes, Addison, call for Derek because he has just been in a plane crash or is about to be in one. Have Shadow Shepard get on the plane instead. And then maybe 
he'll bring Lexi to assist and we can save Lexi too. And then Mark would come along for support and they would all be alive. Addison, call Derek. Or Addison would be married to Mark. <sighs> Please and thank you. The like crazy, crazy foreshadowing. Not even foreshadowing, the crazy thing of like, should I call Derek? And it's like, no, they're all dying in a plane crash. Sorry. I literally, I haven't, um, I had it miscellaneous, but I'll bring it up here because we're here. So this episode that, um, season five, episode 22, Gone Baby Gone, aired on a Tuesday. Plot twist. Not a Thursday. So TGIT still, but Tuesday, not Thursday. <laughs> it is wild to me that this aired the same season as the plane crash on Grey's. And it was about when Amelia was telling, was telling Jake like, oh no, don't touch me. Like, and he's like, touch me. We're getting that later. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that about consent. But, um. I looked it up because I don't remember it being on the same night. Honestly, I'm thankful for that because it would have been too much for us to handle. But this aired on a Tuesday for some reason, and I don't remember why. I don't know if it was because they knew that we couldn't handle both of that in one night. But this aired. So there is migration and flight. Those are the two episodes of Grey's Anatomy. So migration is when, you know... Arizona gets so mad at Alex because he's choosing he's choosing to go to Johns Hopkins and then she goes on the plane instead of him. And this is when Arizona's like brother's best friend is there and he's calling her Phoenix in Scottsdale. And like so that is before we know exactly what has happened. But at the end of migration, we see we know that the plane has crashed. I also remember that so viscerally. There are like very few moments that I remember of television like like they were yesterday one of them is you know george getting hit by a bus and realizing that it was 007 and uh, meredith realizing it and i screamed in season five one of them is showing christopher's head without a brain Mm -hmm. and one of them is when at the end of migration when we see the sky and then we see meredith like maybe dead those are the three where i was like oh my god and they two of those happen in the same like month I know, in the same week, really. That's wild. I, I was, I was, so this was between migration and flight. So migration, we know that the plane has crashed, but we don't know, you know, any of it. And flight, which aired two days after this episode, Gone Baby Gone, is, you know, the plane crash. And I was listening really carefully for any connections to it and, like, more talk about Derek, talk about anything like the conjoined twins and everything and it's also wild to me that the plane that crashed was going to Boise for a conjoined twin surgery and they would likely need an organ transplant or two as well not Christopher's organs because they'd be too small but like just an interesting connection there wow I really got on my soapbox oh my god you just went to another dimension I was watching, we're, we're recording this the day after this Super Bowl, dear listeners. Last night I was watching and I was thinking, wow, people feel about this like I feel about Grey's Anatomy. This is my favorite character. Like, wow, Patrick Mahomes is my favorite character. Or like, wow, Andy Reid, like, that is my Richard. Like, <laughs> See, we- being like, this is my favorite plot point. It's like, oh my gosh, remember when they drafted Travis Kelsey and this and that? I just like... I was watching it being like, okay, Grey's Anatomy is my football. That's so funny. We were watching it. We're like sports fans, but not like this type of sport. Just like other, like running or like weightlifting, like those types of sports. Tour de France. Yeah. yeah. Biking, all of that stuff. 
And so, like, we were going back and forth, and I was like, well, like, I like the halftime shows, and, like, all the commercials will be culturally relevant, so, like, let's just do it. And we were both sitting there just, like, kind of miserable when the football was on and, like, how dumb the commercials were. And I was like, I can't believe, I was like, I can't believe people do this, like, all day on a Sunday. And I was like, but I'll watch this shit all day on a Sunday. Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, Ansel and Caitlin came over, and we were talking about how there were, like, two commercials that I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked um, the Jennifer Coolidge one where she was like, am I a robot? Because I also feel that. It was an Uber Eats commercial, I think. Or I don't know. And then the other one was the Kia commercial where the girl was ice skating for her grandpa because he oh. couldn't come. And Caitlin and I were sitting to each other both with, like, intense anxiety disorder. <laughs> looked at each other afterwards and we were like was all you could think about her falling through the ice because that's all I could think oh about. Oh my gosh I did not think <laughs> I loved the what is the Christopher Watkins one that was like BMW of like everyone doing his impression at him <laughs> I don't know if I saw that one I was up for some of them because I had to make the food from scratch. You should watch it it's funny. I'll look it up um, and then we turned to Ansel and we were like did you think that and he was like no and I was like wow it must be n- nice yeah okay we got oh god okay sorry we needed to lighten the mood in the middle of like all of that yeah i am like going back and forth i I know i missed some stuff i said tunnel it's way out of my vagina oh yeah i want to talk with the person who came up with that and jake was like well you should be praying to do that (laughs) yeah i think that that's the how you do it and that's funny because amelia doesn't she's not a god person she's an atheist i think And then, Sheldon, I'm doing a thing here. What do you want? Like, me always, like, mood when I'm trying to do something and someone bothers me. (laughs) Yeah. Charlotte is consulting the lawyers to see if it can be. I think normally, like, she would consult the lawyers, but she would just say do it. But I think in the aftermath of the whole Pete fiasco, Mm -hmm. she thinks, like, things need to go by the book at all times. It's also kind of shocking to me that we haven't had a storyline of the board of St. Ambrose being like, Dr. King, you can't keep your doctors in line. Like, you can't do this job because these doctors won't listen to you. I know. I feel like on Grey's that would have happened. The board always seems to get in the way of things, don't they? Yeah. Charlotte thinks that it's murder. I am really confused about this. I'm so can I did not even see this. Like, it was not even on my radar that this would be a conversation that would be like happening as like a major plot line when she decided to donate the organs no the baby is not going to live like this this child there's no life for this child it has no brain and no like is this legally still how it is i so i'm hoping that we get a voice memo from science with sarah if we do, it'll go right here. Science with Sarah. Hi, everyone. Science with Sarah here to do a little segment to clarify some questions Sam and Mimi had about the current episode, the season five finale, Gone Baby Gone. In this episode, Amelia is in labor, and the decision to donate the baby's organs has been revealed to the group. While there is a big ethical conversation about it that I'm not going to engage in here, the bigger question Sam put to me is this. Why is the baby without a brain being brain dead even a logical question? Leo, unfortunately for this scenario, a declaration of brain death requires three things. You have to have all three. And this is according to the Journal of the American Medical Association. These three things are a persistent coma, one, 
two, absence of brainstem reflexes, and three, an inability to breathe independently. Amelia's baby, having a brainstem, as Jake reveals, will have brainstem reflexes, albeit minimal. Since all three things are required, this baby cannot be declared brain dead. But to be clear, their portrayal and explanation of it being an ethical gray area is a true one. It isn't against the law, just against JAMA's recommendations, unless a judge chooses to deem it as murder, manslaughter, etc. These things are essentially never prosecuted. So hopefully that clears up the question as to why are we even talking about a baby with no brain being brain dead or not. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. God, that feels wrong to say. Well, I'm sure we will all enjoy this particular storyline coming to an end. Science with Sarah, signing out. Science with Sarah. It's wild to me that Amelia says she saw a baby like this when she was an intern because I feel like it shouldn't be this common. I know. But also probably why women were like hung as witches and burned as witches mm-hmm. because they were like, your baby. It had to have happened back then, right? Yeah. And with no prenatal care and no ultrasounds, how would they know? You just birth a baby and it has no brain? I mean, there are like so many, there are like so many disorders that you can have thinking now about how children are like fixed surgically or whatever. And I'm like, oh, like back in the day, this was probably like a weird issue that people thought these mothers were witches oh yeah for sure and how um i have this in miscellaneous as well but when charlotte takes mason to see those sick babies and she's like is it weird that i came that i took you to see sick babies and he was like no they're a good match but she said like this one specific baby would not have lived 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and just the the movement of science is interesting i mean I, i just don't understand like if it's a baby who might not live sure i get it but in no world will Amelia's baby ever, like she said, move, speak, eat, yeah, anything. She keeps calling this baby a unicorn baby. Mm-hmm. Because when she was little, when she was 12, I have so many notes about this. Oh, yeah. She, she loved unicorns because she thought they were magical. And can do great things. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when... Um, Addison said that to Jake. Um, My dog alerted me that I was upset and told me to calm down. So thank you, Ruthie. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of like Addison and Jake, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Like I thought it was really sweet when Jake was like holding her back. But and like he did very much like try like with consent, try to get everyone like none of you can be in here unless she says it's okay, which is really great. But then like that kind of went out the window because, like, Addison, everyone was like, you guys do need Addison. She's like, I don't need Addison. Everyone's like, you do, though. Yeah, I'm so torn yeah. because, like, I really want Jake to listen to Amelia saying she doesn't want to be touched. And, and I want Addie to leave when Amelia says she doesn't want her to be there. I also want them to support her, which they're very willing to do, but only how she wants to be supported. Yeah. But she is not saying what she means, which is a coping mechanism for her, Mm -hmm. which I know they know. Mm -hmm. But it is very, I feel like in most other situations, I'd say something like, like, listen to the patient and Mm -hmm. what she wants. But they know Amelia to know that she's not saying what she means. Yeah. I don't know. But Sheldon 
when Sheldon was in there, I got mad. It was not the time to be therapizing. And he was like, you have work to do. And she, Amelia was like, I'm swimming in this. Like, I, it's not the time to be therapizing. Yeah, Sheldon's been a mess. Um, okay, let's see. I have the quotes, like, we can't go in there because we are mothers. She's going to get, like, we became mothers in non-traditional ways without giving birth. She's going to give birth and not be a mother. Yeah, I thought that that was really interesting the way that they said that and mm-hmm. uh, how Addison even brings up like I haven't realized until this moment that we both became mothers this year and didn't give birth mm-hmm. when Amelia is giving birth and isn't going to be a mother but then oh, when Sheldon later says um you're still someone's mom he's just not here anymore yeah. that also broke me as well yeah same I have that one written down yeah that yeah. was like that was very very well written but really though i'm i i don't know if sam is mad because of the jake and addison thing or because of the naomi religious pro-life of it all and i i'm really not sure which one it is or if it's both because we don't normally have sam on the pro-life bandwagon yeah and amelia's monologue was so powerful for her argument Mm. i have the quote dismantle my baby for parts which like she (sighs) yeah woof yeah like woof but she understands like what this can do for medicine and everyone is kind of like oh like sheldon was like oh you haven't thought this through and no she has thought this through Mm -hmm. she has researched this she does know what she's doing Mm -hmm. and yeah it's painful like yeah she's had to accept it but like you have to be strong like her so like get over it Mm. she said i'm his mother and i'm asking you to do this Mm mm-hmm and she did research on who needs the organs. Yep. Oh, she says, my baby could save all of those babies. What I'm asking you to do is unimaginable, but it is also everything that those other mothers could ever imagine. Yeah, that was amazingly well written. Oh, your father's waiting for you. I started sobbing oh, even like God. harder. His name's Ryan. You won't be lonely. Mm-hmm. And also, already. my next note is Addison just literally doing the entire surgery. Yeah, why? Because it's a baby? I thought they, yeah, I had thought they had a transplant team. I mean, like. Yeah, it wasn't discussed how Addison was a part of the transplant team. No, all team. of a sudden she was just taking all the organs out except the heart, which she probably could have done. Yeah. We also don't really often see Addison break down with cases. She's, like, very level-headed. Some stuff hits her pretty difficult, like, pretty hard. But I feel like she really had a breakdown for obvious reasons. Definitely. And Addison also says, like, she doesn't know why she's so emotional about this. I know because it's her sister. Yeah. But Addison is like, she says she's dealt with cases much worse than this. I can't think of anything worse than your baby not having a brain. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, like, when the mother and child both die or I don't know. Yeah, but you don't know that yet. Yeah. I don't like you don't know that this many months in advance like the only thing I can think of is osteogenesis imperfecta where the baby's bones are breaking yeah those are the only that's the only other thing I can think of but like I don't I don't actually want to know what is worse yeah. because I couldn't handle it mm-hmm. but also I can't just I can't imagine what it is worse yeah and like Jake is somehow being like so strong through this entire thing he's the king of boundaries get him a crown he is instead of an office chair he should have a throne king of boundaries (laughs) king of communicated boundaries honestly bow down honestly amelia says when in the whole don't help my back jake which we already talked about she said i want to be strong and i want to get through this i don't want to feel too much 
But I also still think that through all of that, like, I know why she's not taking the drugs. She, it's, it's obvious it should be to our entire listenership why she isn't having those pain medicine. Mm-hmm. But I do think she's punishing herself a bit. I think she is still, yet again, punishing herself, even though, I don't, I mean, I can't tell her what to do but i feel like she shouldn't be punishing herself yeah and just doing what she can to get through it but i understand punishing herself yeah at 12 minutes and 12 seconds sam and addison are on sam's deck and they're talking about him being the surgeon and whatever but the lighting is flawless and they both look radiant like it's not really a sun because they're on a green screen but the sun hitting her hair it just looks like an angel yeah our queen how mad did you get when she said that he should compromise and just do the surgery? And he said the last time she said he needed to be all in, talking about their relationship, not about a medical thing. And then he said, which is it? Slap her in the face, Sam. Literally. That's Sam, not you, Sam. Slap in the face. I said, Sam, not the time. It'll be a Sam slap. How about when Sheldon says that women who use cocaine are at higher risk for like all of those things? And Cooper's like, yeah, but it was oxy, so maybe everything will be okay. And then Sheldon says, yeah, because Oxy is like a prenatal vitamin. I gasped. And then he, I thought he was going to laugh until he cried, I know. but he didn't. I know. But also, how does Sheldon not know it's Oxy? I don't, I think he, I don't know. He might, he's just in a different cloud, I think. Yeah, he's. I don't. A different cloud. I like that. <laughs> Cooper apologizes to Mason for him having to be there. And Mason's like, oh, I don't mind. I know. And Mason bringing snacks. Love that. That's a mood. At first, I was thinking it's because Cooper was like, I know you'd rather be like at the park or playing video games, doing something else. But then I realized that he was there when his mom was sick. And that's why Cooper's apologizing. But he wasn't really ever in that room. He was always in the faculty like lounge. Yeah. And then I got to thinking, Mason really has been there for like all of Amelia's pregnancy, starting at the taco stand when she was high with Ryan. Yeah. And Mason was like, that lady doesn't really look like a doctor. Throwback. Oh, I still want tacos from that place. I pass it all the time. When we recorded, I thought you were going to that area. Well, yes, but then it was closed. It has weird hours. You better go. Sheldon says that Amelia is his best friend. I know. He said she's eight years old and doesn't return his affections. I know. I'm glad that they got past that um, moment that will not be discussed. Oh, when Amelia tried to have sex with Sheldon? Yeah, I'm glad they got past that moment, too. Yeah, I'm really, really (laughs) glad about that. This is all I had for Amelia. Yeah, I think I'm done too. That was a lot. Yeah. On to miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous, because thank you. I'm miscellaneous so Miscellaneous is. When Addison was yelling at Sheldon for his eating hygiene, when she's like, what if somebody else wants them? The hand, the mouth, the box. I laughed so hard because I am totally that person. Same. I'm so glad I don't really have a communal fridge anymore because like, oh my God, even when I lived with roommates, I was like, I don't want this cheez-its because what if somebody's hand was in here it was just oh it freaks me yeah, out yeah it was like hand to mouth to the box and i was like it me yeah i i really am coming off as such a germaphobe in this episode i'm really not it's fine but sometimes it's like the pillow i, I am oh ooh. so ooh. <laughs> i wear the badge proudly i have charlotte not knowing about the mother's day lunch and mason hiding it heartbreaking and Charlotte's like, I would have gone. I know. And, you know, she would have dropped everything, no matter what. I know. And she's like, I just want to take his pain away. And then, mm. and then when Cooper's like... Oh, but, go ahead. And I was like, and then Cooper was like, you take my pain away. Oh, that is not... I could, if 
I, I feel like Charlotte should have been like, that's not what we're talking about. I right know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really weird transition. They're just like, they're having a lot of moments in the woods in these few episodes and like, whatever, they're married adults and fine, but like, they're having a lot of moments in the woods. Yeah. Like, more than since they were just starting to date. Yeah. And my final miscellaneous note was Mason and Charlotte's relationship so adult and honest. Yes. And so heartwarming when he says mama. I know. And she she's like, I don't want to take her place, but I'm happy to stand in for her. Yeah. Oh, how about right after Mason says, how about mama? Which that is probably one of my favorite scenes in all of private practice. Mm-hmm. The shot where we don't see the front of their faces, but it's behind them. And we see Charlotte's reflection mm-hmm. in the window and Charlotte's smiling yeah so good she is shocked by how much she loves him genuinely shocked i know i feel that i get that yeah and then charlotte says when he's talking about like do you think if my mom got sick in 10 years from now if she'd be alive and charlotte says i think that is what that idea is what might make you an incredible doctor some way Mm -hmm. someday but i also hate that i also hate parents pre-planning their child's future and then the kid feels guilty about it but that's like a side note that's not relevant it was a very sweet moment yes yeah I do I do feel like he would probably end up in the medical profession anyway I kind of see him more in research though yeah honestly. same that's what I was maybe thinking. like robotics mm-hmm. stem of some sort and yeah that's all my miscellaneouses yeah I can't get over the timing with the plane crash either all Addison had to do is make that one call mm-hmm. and Mark and Lexi might still be alive yeah <sighs> I can't. I just, I refuse to go on. Mm-hmm. I also won't watch season six. Can you imagine if I was like, okay, guys, that's it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is the finale. This is the end of the show. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Our Sam style for the week. It was hard because everybody was either in like a hospital gown or scrubs for like the whole time I feel. But Sam style for the week is the light blue cable knit kind of open hold sweater that Addison wears on Sam's deck. I don't know what to call that. Like a loose knit? Yeah. Like she needed to wear a shirt underneath it. Yeah. You would normally be in charge of our guest star spotlight, but there were no guest stars in this episode. There weren't. No new characters. So I felt like this was a good time to do our deep dive on Amelia. You have two pages of a deep dive on Amelia. I would like that. I would like the audience to know that. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the Grey's Wiki. Again, a reminder, this is going to be some spoilers for Grey's Anatomy Modern. So fast forward. If you don't want to hear that, maybe, I don't know, a minute, two minutes. Mm-hmm. Amelia is an atheist. She drives a BMW 7 Series. Doubt she does at this time, but probably later. Amelia is a Democrat. Cool. The sky is also blue. <laughs> Like, duh. I feel like we have a lot of international listeners who wouldn't maybe understand that, but uh, Google it's it. just quite obvious. Yeah, it's quite obvious. As a child, Amelia already knew she wanted to be a neurosurgeon because she wanted to know where happiness came from. Does that not just make you want to pass away? Yeah, I want to vomit. She has a freckle that looks like Indiana. Random. She claims to be freakishly good at stitching. Cool. Agree. Although she mentioned Derek is the only one who can call her Amy, Meredith has called her Amy on occasion, and she has her in her phone address book under the name Amy as well. Her sisters have also called her Amy. Amelia was contacted when Derek needed 
a nerve after the plane crash, but she didn't answer the call and presumably never replied to the message Heather left her. R.I.P. Heather. It can be presumed that she didn't want to go through uncomfortable and possibly painful medical procedures so shortly after getting sober as it might have amped up her craving for pills. I don't think that's the reason, dear Gray's wiki. Another reason could be that the plane crash happened at the same time she gave birth to a child that died after birth. Or she just didn't pick up the phone from a number she didn't know. Boki is her favorite scrub nurse. Same. Because Amelia completed a surgical residency prior to a neurosurgery fellowship, she is also board certified in general surgery. But because neurosurgery is considered a subspecialty of general surgery, that doesn't make any sense. Amelia is not double board certified as board certification in general surgery is required to obtain a board certification in neurosurgery. Amelia was so high at her uncle Adam's funeral, she dropped her end of the casket. Her sister Kathleen mistook it as being drunk. Oh, oh, this is sad. Uh, She said to Owen that she lost all the men she loved, referring to her father, her brother, her son, and her fiance. Addison took Amelia to get her ears pierced did her hair for prom, and among other things, she explained all about birth control when Amelia didn't know who to ask. Amelia's mother told her several years later that the reason she had to look out for Amelia is because from all her kids, she is most like her father, and it was hard to be around her because of that. Amelia's mother told her that that was her biggest regret. Amelia has referred to herself, Meredith, and Maggie as Lady Chief Trifecta, the House of Lady Chiefs and Sister Lady Chiefs. That's funny. (laughs) Amelia has a fireworks-themed personalized scrub cap. Classical music puts Amelia to sleep. Amelia is right-handed. She speaks German. She also speaks French on a subconscious level because of the French preschool she attended. Her mortality rate is 0.9%, which is better than her brother Derek. Woot-woot! She likes to put the thermostat to boiling. Same. She finds her old medical school notes comforting. Amelia needs to floss before sleeping or else she can't sleep. Amelia had ligorophobia, ligrophobia, after her father's death. She was afraid of loud noises. To get over her fear, she bought firecrackers and set them all off until she wasn't afraid anymore. That might be one of my favorite fun facts. She claims she was never good at Lego. A paper fortune teller helped her decide what college to attend. She wasn't at her sister Nancy's wedding due to being in jail. She used to love chocolate cream pie. She hates pepperoni, but craved it during her second pregnancy. Again, not, I mean, it's spoiler for Grace, but I told you. She dislikes peanuts. Amelia is the only character to have appeared in a season finale of each of the three shows of the Grey's universe. It's the ultimate triple crown. What's the third one? Station 19. Oh, got it. She named both of her sons after her brother. Her first son, who we just met, was Christopher, Derek's middle name. Her second son is Scout Derek Shepard Lincoln. When she was a resident, her chief told her if she could keep her legs together, she could scrub in five times a week because two of her co-residents were pregnant. (laughs) She was conceived as... Yeah. She was conceived as a queer character and in the original script of Eyes Wide Open had her dating Geraldine Ginsburg, who was her teacher, I guess. Um, And we talked all about that when Amelia first showed up. Mm -hmm. Since I read all of those, do you want to read our trivia for this episode? Sure. The trivia for this episode is this episode scored 6.81 million viewers. It marks Paul Adelstein's 100th appearance as Dr. Cooper Friedman. 
This is Tim Daly's 100th appearance as Dr. Pete Wilder. Jack and Joey Bobo are credited but do not appear in this episode. They do, however, appear in a deleted scene. That's Lucas. Mm. Mason calls Charlotte Mama for the first time. Amelia revealed on Grey's Anatomy that her baby lived for 43 minutes. And this marks the last episode where Addison's in therapy. Mm. I'm ready for Mimi's mumblings. Uh, I hope Addison's bitch ass turns Sam down. She better pick James. Jake, sorry. She better pick Jake or I'm not watching the rest of season six. Um, <laughs> Sheldon will help Amelia get through things. Um, I hope she finds love. Charlotte and Cooper... I kind of babies like she's seeing she can love a child and be a mom so like will that change her opinion on having kids I don't know Pete and Violet get back together okay and that's it yeah pretty much everyone what's your rating uh, a shark attack on the beach that bites off your limb but you live through it okay that's fair that's fair I think I've used shark attack before I also might have used my rating before but I don't remember um, community coming together in the face of disaster so you have, like, I don't know if it's a tsunami or a flood or a wildfire or something, and people sort of, like, band together to get through it, and there's always a couple people who are really annoying about it. Mm-hmm. That's my rating. And who's your MVP? Amelia, for being one of the strongest people on the show. Yeah, for sure. Amelia is my MVP for this episode. Um, now, I want to come up with MVPs for the season, and you said you refuse. I refuse. I don't subscribe to this idea. <laughs> I support so you, rude. but I simply cannot. There's been a lot. There's been a lot. You can pick more than one, but I think I've got it down to one. I think my MVP for the season is Charlotte. She was helpful with Erica and Mason. She was helpful with Amelia. She was helpful with herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thinking about where she is now versus where she was a season ago is also wild. Yeah. I kind of think Addison is up there. I said anyone but Sam and Pete. That's fair. I also think Addison is up there, too, which makes sense because she's, you know, the lead of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready for credits? Yeah. I'm hoping to be back in two weeks. I might. I, I feel like I don't need to take any. I, I need to take time off, but I won't take time off before the next episode. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Time for credits. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on Instagram. And you can follow me at Marissa on LinkedIn. (laughs) The only Marissa on LinkedIn. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show, and we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash B-H-A-B podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 6, Episode 1. 
They're available to stream on Hulu and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more, or borrowed from your local library. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. Maybe. TGIT. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> TGIT. 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 Yeah. Woo! I love that you were voguing. Yes.